You're listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, I got a Portland story for you. We're bringing it back toward home, aren't we, my friend? Yeah, we're going to keep Portland weird with some Ouija Broads flavor. Liz, does everybody know that you used to live in Portland for a long time? I don't think we've ever really talked about the fact that I lived in Portland for three years, three non-consecutive years during college. <laughs> because one of those years you were, well, the one that made it non-consecutive, you were in Ireland. That was a good because move. Because you're a fucking yes. jet setter. Oh, man. And of that. <laughs> good for you. That was a good choice. But yeah, I went to Reed College. And so I lived in Portland, but I didn't live mm-hmm. in Portland in such a way that I was downtown a bunch although you know 2020 hindsight of course i'm like dang it why didn't i spend more time downtown and get to know the city better but you're in college and you're up your own butt and you're like (laughs) i'm i'm never gonna leave this bubble i'm just gonna eat at the dining hall and sleep in my dorm and hang out with college people and maybe we'll go to like one of the restaurants that's within a quarter mile of campus and really only (laughs) serves people from school There's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. There really isn't. And when I visited, you took me to all kinds of places. We were all over that city. So Where'd we go? mm, That was the first time I'd ever heard of Buffalo Exchange, of Red Light, of Lush. I remember the Rose District being a word that got thrown around a lot. So maybe we went there. Did we go to Chinatown? Maybe. I don't remember that. I remember the big bridge, and I think it was blue. And we saw the fireworks, um, because it was 4th of July, and you had on a black and white dress from Hot Topic with a flower choker. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a cute dress. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was also wearing my Hot Topic dress. I did not look as cute. That's right. We drove down there with Bethy Campbell. We did drive down there with Bethy Campbell. That's right. And then I came and visited you your senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we went anywhere because you were graduating and you there was just a whole lot going on on campus. Yeah, it was Ren Fair, which mm-hmm. it read there is not go. actually a Renaissance festival. We just call it that. Trip me up, man. I thought okay. I was going to have to come with all kinds of Renaissance garb. You thought some dude with a ponytail and a sword collection was going to kiss your hand. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. I mean, it was cool, but not for that reason. No, it's more about MDMA and glow sticks and (laughs) that kind of of vibe. Uh, Kind of vibe. Oh, bless him. It was good. It was like a little, little lush burning man. Yep, I could, (laughs) a little bougie burning man. I could do a whole episode just on read urban legends. (laughs) I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that. There's, but so, you've got, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, since everybody has to take Humanities 101, and we all had to read the Iliad, we all mm-hmm. were indoctrinated with the concept of tme, which is, like, honor in the Greek what? way oh. of, like, honor, but, you know, sort of a battle-oriented okay. honor. And so it, it came out in weird ways and that like pizza time was of course called pizza time. Um to the extent that now Jesus. Matt calls taco time taco time. Uh <laughs> it read. I'm just gonna tell Portland to stories now. Do it. Pure Matt fucking had nothing to do with your life in Portland, and I love that it's obviously something that you've carried through into your relationship with him. <laughs> yes. You didn't know him then. How no. does he know about Time? 
Because I talk to him all the time. This yeah, was my mom's do. good advice about relationships. Is She said you should marry somebody you can talk to. Yeah. That's good advice. That's good advice. And my grandma said you should marry somebody with good teeth because braces are expensive. <laughs> and... <laughs> but so Time is conferred at Reed in part by interacting with the Doyle Owl. And the Doyle Owl... <gasps> You remember the Doyle Owl? I do remember the Doyle Owl. A giant oh concrete owl? Yes, that people stole, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, it was stolen from somebody in Portland like a hundred years ago or more. And mm-hmm. it is now like... I don't even know what to compare it to. But people are constantly stealing it from each other and fighting each other for it. And if you touch it, you earn Time. You earn honor oh. and respect. And um, okay. But one of the things with the Doyle Owl is if you steal it, you can't just, like, hide it in a storage unit. You have to show it off. Yeah. While trying to keep people from stealing it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that's the way you're supposed to. I mean, like, you don't. He didn't steal Helen you know, to keep her as a concubine in a little harem. He, you know, everybody was supposed to know that he had this hot babe, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's very Greek of you. Exactly. You got you got to show it off. And yeah. yeah, the Doyle owl, I mean, one of the tricks is I think people might be picturing like an owl that you use to keep birds away from your garden. This thing weighs 300 pounds and is made of concrete. <laughs> it's fucking giant. Liz, did you... Did you ever see it in person? Yes, I saw it once in person. They brought it through the lecture hall. Um, Did you touch I didn't it? touch it though. No, I didn't realize what was happening fast enough to like run down through all the rows and touch it. Yeah, yeah, Shoot. but it's been a lot of places. It's been in, to Disneyland. It's been to okay. San Francisco. It's been in the company of Steve Jobs, who went to Reed, and Doctor Demento, who also did. Damn. Our two famous alums. Okay. <laughs> And I'm looking at it on Wikipedia, and apparently somebody in 83 actually did her senior thesis studying the anthropological implications of the cult following of the Doyle Owl. Oh my god, what a liberal school, my friend. This is this is for people who want to go to Evergreen but have money. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh my god. I'm looking at the external links on Wikipedia too, and there's three, and one of them is March 2007 video of Reed students surfing on the Doyle Owl as it is towed behind a truck. Sounds <laughs> about fucking right. I have oh to click god. on this because I have to know what then happens. Oh god. Did you know that it was in a Tears for Fears music video? I did not know that, but I the believe Doyle it because I believe anything about the Doyle Owl. Who doesn't? I uh, I'm just trying to look up a picture of it online, and instead, this is what comes up. Oh my god, yeah, this person brief- is surfing on it. And at first, I was like, "Oh, they're they're surfing in the ocean," but no, they're they're just on a, a slightly damp road because they're in Portland. No, and they attach yeah, right? to it. That's not how you do that. Uh-uh. It's not oh. how you do anything. Yep. Oh, they're dragging the thing. Oh shit, he's standing well, on it. Well, now we'll have to post videos of the Doyle Owl to. That's uh, some mighty fucking teammate right there. 
All right. So one of the things that I did when I was in college uh, was I was a house advisor or whatever that's called, where you yeah, like you were you hang out and drive people to the airport was mainly my job. I wasn't very good at being a house advisor. Uh, you let your guys make pot butter. I did. Well, I didn't stop them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had this one guy who, like, it was called the Seeds Dorm for an acronym I can't remember. And I went and I made everybody, mm-hmm. like, a brown paper leaf for their door with their name. And yes. the first day this kid was there, he, like, ripped it down and put up a giant poster of Bob Marley smoking weed. That was, like, Jesus. noted. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, yeah, I came in one time and he was, like, cooking something on the stove. I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's, like, making butter. And I was young, and it was just like, okay. (laughs) I thought when you make butter, you made it with a churn, but okay. Don't you buy your butter pre-made? I mean, it's Portland, you know, they're all hipsters, right? They gotta do it themselves. Just go get a micro land of lakes, man. You're doing it the hard way. (laughs) Right? Mm. No, he was making pot butter, and if I recall, he was—he just put it in Dixie cups for it to re-solidify. Is that right? I think so, because this was around the end of the year, and I was putting a lot of bologna sandwiches in the fridge so that when people came back from partying, they had something to put in their yeah. tummies. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can't have been too you close to the end of the year, because right? that's when they stole our ovens to do Iron Chef. That's right. Like they literally oh, just like, ripped them out of the wall and took off with them, which was impressive because we were partially underground. So they had to oh like lift God. them up out of the patio area. Motivated 20-year-olds. Fucking motivated. Very motivated. Good God. We should do a Portland episode. I would love to hear all about Reed. <laughs> we should. I mean, I've heard these stories apparently a lot, but I want to hear them again. And more. Yeah, the trick with where I was living was I was right on the floor underneath the substance-free dorm, which it read mm-hmm. like was about 12 kids. And yeah. they came up with so much shit just to keep up with everybody who was doing all the drugs. And so it was constantly like, what's happening? Oh, they they wired. What is that song that goes like? Boom. Uh, it's the Overture of 1812 or William Hill yes. Overture. 1812 Overture. They wired a bunch yeah. of pumpkins to explode. Are you serious? Yeah, in time with the 1812 Overture. So it'd go. Oh my god. For the first one went off prematurely and then blew out all the circuits on our floor. <laughs> Those idiots! Those idiots! <laughs> Devin, man's reach must exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for? <laughs> Man, I never should have gone to community college. I missed out. <laughs> And which one of us is still paying off student loans 10 years, 11 years, fuck down the line. 11 years. That would be you. But then I went to uh, big boy college for my master's degree. And now I'm in so much debt. So much debt. Oh, oh. Mm. Oh It's okay. When we die, Sally Mae is just going to harvest our organs and self. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I have no doubt they will find a way to make money off of our corpses. I, to my kids, they don't get anything. I will give them gifts right before I die, but there's no way they're going to have an estate to inherit. 
Yeah, I, I imagine Sally Mae just, like, kicks down the door. Pretty much. They're just like, well, what do you have of value? We'll strip all the copper wiring out of your walls. Yep. We'll sell that. Oh, God. Jesus. All right. You're not going to have Social Security to pay it back with anyway, <laughs> so they can't garnish that. Chinatown. I'm sorry. Did you- <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm trying. This, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm just trying to keep myself on track. <laughs> it's it's all good. Uh, folks, you've been listening to 17 minutes and we haven't gotten to the story yet. Yep. So, <laughs> Hey, they know it's Portland. Uh, <laughs> Portland is so overflowing with weird. And we got like 30 episodes in yes. without admitting that you or I had lev- lived anywhere except Spokane and Seattle. So I'm proud of us. Deal with it. Really proud of us. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so Portland, as Chinatown. A, as a house advisor, one time I asked for some cash so we could all go to the Chinese gardens, which are really beautiful. And they have mm-hmm. a little tea house in them as well that is, I think, run by the Tao of Tea, or at least it was then. And it was around the New Year or a moon festival or something. So they had a million, like, little tiny plates of good snacks. And it was awesome. Nice. We spent, like, 200 bucks on just little Chinese snacks. And that was oh, such man. a good time. Well, That's the life. Yeah. And there's, a, like, a good dim sum restaurant in Portland's Chinatown. There's a, like, a... A theater that I saw a live show, or not a live show, but you know, like on the big screen singing in the rain. Oh, cool. That's so right good. up your alley. Yeah, but there was the reason there's a Chinatown in Portland is you have to think about the globe, not just a map, and you think about the west coast of the US and the east coast of Asia. And Portland was a huge port, hence the fucking name. Uh, also referred to sometimes as the Forbidden City of the West or Stumptown mm-hmm. because of how many trees they cut down. Oh. Yeah. Boo. And I, I have like come Forbidden here today, Devin, to tell you about yeah. the Shanghai tunnels of Portland. God, yes! Oh, I can't wait! I fucking love tunnels. I love this. Do it. Have you, tell me, I, I mean. Have you heard of Shanghaiing? Uh, yes, I know what Shanghaiing is. What's yeah. Shanghaiing? Shanghaiing is when, so in a port city, Shanghaiing is usually when a captain or someone else, like the first mate of a ship, he'd go to a bar and he'd get a bunch of people drunk, or at least one person drunk. The point is, you were really fucking drunk, and then you'd black out, and then you would wake up, and you were on the ship, and you were sailing out to sea, and you had been shanghaied, you had been forced into working on this ship, and they're like, well, you gotta gotta work for your keep, you're out in the middle, you can go over the edge, we can toss you off. Or you can now work on this ship for us. Yep. And the the journey is going to take like one to three years. So the fuck are you going to do about it? (laughs) Hope you didn't have a wife and kids back at home. Mm -hmm. Life is tough. So yeah, Portland was like the Shanghai capital of the U.S. at the time. No way. And Chinatown was a major part of this. So Chinatown has gotten a little gentrified, as happens to the best of us in the best of neighborhoods of town. Um, Yeah. It was, at times, thousands of people getting shanghaied. And it was such an industry in Portland that it was not captains and first mates. You could just stay on your ship because they were what people called crimpers. And a crimper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was somebody who did this for a living. They would Shanghai people professionally. 
god. Yeah, and this became like a business relationship where so imagine you're a sailor, you're on a ship, you finally pull up in Portland. You're like, "Oh, thank God. I'm going to go do something fun. I'm going to finally have a good time. Yeah. I've been on the ship forever. Yeah. I'm so done." And yeah. you go, and as you get off the ship, there's all these people who are like, you gotta come to my bar. My saloon is the best one. We got the prettiest girls. Come on, come on, come on. You go. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. It's a scam, it's a scam. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple ways you can pull off this scam. So one way is opening a boarding house and saying, you know, stay here for a couple nights, running up the tab, you know, Thenardier from Les Mis style and saying, hey, you owe me mm-hmm. all this money. Go back out to sea. Or you can simply yep. get people incredibly drunk. And so the, the thing with sailors and money is that they're not great with it. <laughs> Much like certain they hosts aren't. of this show. Uh <laughs> So they, both of them, Liz. Go ahead. <laughs> both, both of them. them. Much like 100% of the hosts of this show. Yep, all of so them. So it's considered completely appropriate for a boarding house manager or a restaurateur or a saloon owner to take money directly from whoever gave out the money, you know, the purser or the captain. And to say, okay, okay. you have to pay me because a sailor is going to drink all this money. So you give it to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, But what you could also do, what you could also do is say, I'm going to provide you some labor, but you have to give me an advance on his wages. And there was kind of a wink, wink, like, to pay me back for, you know, getting him set up or the lodging that he had. But the understanding was basically it was like a finder's fee. Uh, you get paid out the Damn. advance against the new sailor's pay because he was new. He may not have ever been a Good sailor God. before. <laughs> he might be a lawyer. Probably not. He might be a hobo. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shoot. It was very competitive. So some of them were sailors. Sometimes you would Shanghai somebody from one boat and give them to another boat. <laughs> That's so mean. You're like, I only had two years on my contract with the other boat. Now I got to start all over again. Damn it. (laughs) I liked the last berth. You know, I had room for my hammock. Here you're making me sleep on top of other dudes on the deck. Yeah. Oh my god. Shit. It's just like a revolving door, isn't it? No one ever got out of the port. They just got turned around and hustled back on another boat. Seriously. Well, if you... I mean, I guess you would get off the boat in Portland because Portland was there. But Portland was like, it wasn't like, oh, we're weird. We make kombucha. It was like (laughs) saloons, gambling dens, and bordellos. (laughs) That was basically it. It's my kind of team. Or or opium, illegal gambling, boxing, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Dog fights. (laughs) Yeah, all the good stuff. What a good, what a party time. Um... (laughs) <laughs> what a good town uh, and yeah extensive crimping and shanghaiing so I want to tell you a little bit about somebody known as Joseph Bunko Kelly a Kelly like you that's a stupid but name he, he spells it wrong oh yeah he does spell it wrong I could tell yeah. <laughs> you can just tell from listening to it he... oh yeah Joseph Bunko you know he's not going to do anything right no well he got the name Bunko 
because he was a crimper, also called King of the Crimps. And I should say, this is all from, like, shit he told somebody later, who then told somebody who wrote it down. So, he may be a legend of his own making. But, (laughs) aren't we all? all? The legend that Joseph Bunko Kelly made was that he once sold a crewman for $50 that turned out to be a cigar store Indian. (laughs) 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 Which had to have been great, like... They're like, wow, this guy's really drunk. Okay. <laughs> He's like, weak. He's not getting up. <laughs> All right, I'm kind of liking Joseph yeah. now. Which, you know, and that's that's a total thing that I feel like you see in Looney Tunes, but you don't see 100%. that much anymore yeah. is a cigar store Indian. And I don't know if it's the association yeah. of like native americans and tobacco or what it is but that used to be a thing that there would be like life-size likenesses of native americans out in front of the cigar store um i've never had one oh yeah lincoln city um yeah the silver dollar bar in uh montana oh shit that's still got its cigar Indian They've still outside. got one? Okay, in Cripple Creek, Colorado, yeah. they have one, but it's oh not God. for cigars. It's um, feather-shaped lollipops that come out of its head. It's pretty oh, fucking damn. appalling. That's just... It's even more insulting, I yeah, feel. Yeah, it's worse. You know? <laughs> it's just worse. <laughs> and I didn't know it could be. What are you gonna do? Like, what What makes that worse? Maybe sell dildos out of his, you know, war yeah. bonnet? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how we get worse, but there you go. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Also, it's... Wait, real quick. Mm-hmm. We're gonna digress again. They still call it Cripple Creek? They Nobody's, still call it Cripple Creek. The ADA <laughs> has... Alright, well... I expect a place called Cripple Creek to have a cigar store yeah, like, that's been repurposed. Nothing is really the last acceptable prejudice, but uh, ableism is a kind of... A lot of people who wouldn't be intentionally sexist or racist are really happy to say some very shitty things about people with disabilities. Right? Amazing. Right? All right. Mm, so, Bunko Kelly... Which I'm going to call you next time you be yeah. asking me about something. You, you ought to. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the driven snow there, Wood. Whatever. Banco Kelly claims to have shanghaied about 2,000 men and women during his career. Good lord. And women, Yeah. Huh? Um, this is the part mm. where I'm probably going to have to put a content warning about human trafficking. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. that that's kind of okay. a bummer. Uh, but yeah. he set a record for crimping. He rounded up fifty men in three hours once, which is pretty good. Whoa! Yeah, I. <laughs> he should have been a should have been an elementary school teacher. Right? If you can round up fifty five year olds in three hours, then I know you can handle. Drunk I don't think I could round up fifty people for like a free pizza and blowjob party in three hours. <laughs> Well, you've already got I <laughs> RSVP. You only got 49 to go there, Woody. Oh, my God. Well, that's probably what he told them was happening. 
right yeah well yep. it works so <laughs> his most notorious Fuck. one was he uh so one of the things with portland was they would um or at least with crimping is trapdoors mm-hmm. they loved their trapdoors and their no um, way We'll do a whole episode, I keep promising this, on the undergrounds in Seattle, Portland yes. underground, Spokane underground, all the undergrounds. But yes. uh, he found these people one time who had fallen in. They were trying to break in and rob somebody. But what they had accomplished mm-hmm. was breaking into the cellar of a mortuary. Oh! And he discovered them. Portland was not that uh, tidy at this time. So for some reason, Joseph Bunko Kelly is the first guy in the case. And he finds 22 <laughs> guys who are trapped in this cellar and have been drinking embalming fluid. <laughs> no! Yeah. That's a bad idea. It's very bad. So for $52 a head, he sells all 22 of them to a captain. Holy shit. Yeah, most of them Holy are dead. Holy shit. I would imagine. Yeah, but the trick but, with but they're perfectly most, preserved. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're dead, but they're not smelly. The the trick with selling people who are dead drunk is sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> right. Could just be straight up dead. Yeah, the expectation was that people were unconscious when you received them. Man, oh wow! All right, yeah. Yeah, there were all kinds of ways to do this. You could, you know, just get them regular drunk. You could put knockout drops in their drinks. You could get them on opium. You could just, you know, fucking hit them over the head. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> option. That works. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, you'd think this would be illegal. Uh, but um, it was not for quite some time and uh especially the police were like whatever like this is fine we're not worried about this too much but no way let me tell you about the shanghai tunnels because there are yes there is a portland underground and the legend or the story is that these are the tunnels that they would drop people into and they would use them to get the ships so you would trick somebody or you would drug somebody or you would just attack them and bring them down Mm -hmm. into these old old tunnels and then get them into Mm -hmm. the ships or if they're women you know get them into a brothel or whatever it may be or put them on a ship sometimes a ship's woman was a thing now um there doesn't seem to be a tremendous amount of evidence that they were Shanghai tunnels in the sense of Shanghaiing people. What seems to have happened is that Chinatown business owners liked having these underground tunnels for getting out because a lot of their businesses were illegal or at least semi-legal. So like opium at the time people really like to characterize as a Chinese thing because if you're like oh that's just what Chinese people do you don't have to admit how many upper class white women are doing it right 
Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. So they would like to raid opium parlors, opium dens. They'd like to raid brothels. So with that in mind, it was pretty smart to be able to wow. have a trap door or a door in your basement that you could get out into a tunnel and run out from your friend's business. So okay. there are secret stairways yeah. and there are tunnels. But if you go back to when Shanghaiing was a thing or when it was a recent memory... There's not really a lot of stories about people getting mm-hmm. hauled out through these tunnels. So although they do a Shanghai Tunnel tour, okay, it's interesting. I would be really interested to see it. Uh, but yeah. that's not really what they were yeah. for. It's kind of two separate concepts that have gotten okay. combined together, both of which are interesting. Yeah. So there's two separate things that I'm kind of telling you about at once. There's the, the practice of Shanghaiing in Portland, which was incredibly common, probably ruined a mm-hmm. lot of people's lives, right? Because God had to. Have. Yeah, you're just a logger and you're cruising along and you're like, I'm going to get a drink. And then Bunko Kelly or some other crimper is like, <laughs> I think I have other plans for you. And you're you're knocked out and you're put on this three year voyage and you come back, your wife has married somebody else, like you don't have any yep. bank account, and you've seen some shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a rough gig. So there is a ghost tour that goes through the Portland tunnels, whatever they may be, whether they're Shanghai tunnels or not. There's a ghost that's kind of famous mm-hmm. in the tunnels right under um, a pizza parlor of all things really? called Old Town Pizza, um, it, because the okay. the story goes that she was a sex worker in the area, which of course was extremely common. I mean, there was a time in Seattle when, like, ninety yeah. percent of the women who lived there were sex workers because that's just mm-hmm. a smart business move mm-hmm. when everybody out there is single and oh, transient, right? Yep. Yep, you have the Klondike Gold Rush happening, and they were the main stop, so everyone was a quote-unquote laundress. Yep, or a seamstress. (laughs) Or a seamstress, yeah, some kind of stress. (laughs) And there was a lot of stress relief. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's your own gold rush to be had if you are willing to make certain decisions. Oh, God. Yeah. So there's this this woman called Nina who was a sex worker, and the story is that she was thrown down an elevator shaft or thrown down into the tunnels and died. Yeah. And so the haunting that they have down in the tunnels is the smell of perfume and that she'll actually some people say they that she appears to them and some people say that she just tugs on their clothing as they're down there or as they're in you know at the pizza parlor in the basement getting whatever they need to get that that's kind of where she hangs out but in general there's legends of the tunnels being haunted by bad energy right by moans and screaming and crying of, yeah. of miserable people so is that residual is it intelligent um mm-hmm. the the logic goes that if it's an intelligent haunting it's somebody who's found themselves in the tunnels and they don't know how they got there so they don't know how to get out oh that's really sad isn't that super bummer that's really tragic mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, realistically, these things were pretty much so that 
just like any business, you know, you can move stock without having to go above ground in a very rainy town, or you can have yeah. your uh, secret outlet, or you can just avoid mm-hmm. traffic, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. But they are real. They're underneath um, Davis, Everett, and Cooch Street uh, in that area. Okay. And I don't know where that is. Is that pretty close to, like, the... Um... Columbia River is that yeah not far close away to it's, it's kind of in the northwest okay. um okay and it goes out to the waterfront of the Willamette so mm-hmm. overall the idea is that you can just if a ship docks on the Willamette then you can take goods off it put them in the tunnels mm-hmm. and take them right to your business instead of trying to navigate mm-hmm. traffic and try to deal with all that but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, of course, nothing has ever been made in the universe that humans didn't use to do bad things to each other. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know, if you could, you could tell me that, like, I don't know, the milk bottles in Spokane were used for human trafficking, and I'd be like, probably. Yeah, yeah, I' not gonna refute that. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, pretty easy. Bring the um, you know, people that you scooped up after you got them blind drunk to the milk bottle and i'll know you'll be able to find it because it's a building shaped like a fucking milk bottle (laughs) yep well shanghaiing went on and was a lively part of the whole maritime industry for a long time Mm -hmm. it was not weird to work with somebody who'd been shanghaied it was not unusual to be shanghaied yourself or crimped or however you wanted to think about it But eventually, it wasn't because they made it illegal or because people said, oh, that's a wrong thing to do to a person and basically (laughs) turn them into a water slave for three years. It's just because um, the big ships that they had at the time kind of got phased out and they had lighter steamships that didn't need so many people. So the resources that they needed weren't so much of a thing. Uh, in 1915, they did actually make it illegal, but basically it wasn't happening at that point anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, good. Too little too late. <laughs> it is, uh, it's illegal today to kill someone with a bayonet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where you're going to find a bayonet, but <laughs> don't you do it. If you You'll need... get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, you get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, Portland was not a happy place of voodoo and donuts and, you know, funky secondhand clothes. It was a hive of scum and villainy, I guess, and villains doing villainous things to each other. Did I tell you the story about how my grandpa was in the Navy? I think I've told you this before. I guess the better question is, have I told it to you on the show? Unlikely. Because I might be repeating myself. Um, my grandpa was in the Navy, so this is my dad's dad, and this is during World War II. And he comes into port one night, and, you know, he's a sailor, but he's not been shanghai He's there, you know, of his own volition. Uh, but he's in port, and he decides he's going to do what you do when you're in port, like you said, mm-hmm. which is you find near a saloon, and you get yourself just drunk as a skunk. <laughs> uh, so Grandpa Pat does, and he, he wakes up the next day and he's in an alley and he's covered in dirt and he looks at his hands and they've got blood on them and he's got this burning aching pain in his chest 
and he just knows that he's been stabbed. He knows he's been stabbed and robbed and, and dumped in an alley here at this port. Huh. So he opens his shirt to see the damage, and he hasn't been stabbed. Instead, he's been tattooed with a three-masted ship oh, no. across his chest. Ow! He got himself a tattoo the night before and didn't remember it because he was so fucking drunk. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Where'd the dirt come yep. in? He was in an alley, yeah, man. Falling over. <laughs> it's just falling over. Apparently, presumably, who knows, dude? <laughs> I don't know what happened between tattoo and alley. <laughs> mm, but I loved seeing Grandpa. Uh, Grandpa's the first tattoos I remember because he had an anchor on his forearm. Never um, sink. And it was. And he, yeah, never sank. He had that anchor on his forearm. He had something else. They were initials, and they must have been one of the ships he was on or something, but I you know, was too young to know what I was looking at, but I remember they were initials. And I loved looking at his his uh, three-masted chest, or a three-masted ship on his chest. That's hardcore. I love that. Mm-hmm. Was it big? Did it go across, mm-hmm. like, his whole chest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was big. Ouch. It was big. It was a big old chest piece. So the chest hurts for a tattoo, like over the clavicle and stuff. Presumably, Jason's got his two. Uh, they're, I guess, they're on his pectorals, but they're you know between like nipple and clavicle. And I, I never really asked him how badly they. What hurt. are they? I bet pretty badly. Uh, they're Star Wars tattoos. He's got the Rebel insignia on one side and the the Imperial on the other. So his pecs can fight with each other? Is that the idea? They can, yeah. Yeah, I'll have him take his shirt off for you sometime. He can show you how the, uh, how the whole universe battles. If I'm real good. If you're real good. <laughs> you'll have to show him one of yours in exchange. <laughs> show him how that fish swims there, Woody. <laughs> that is wild. None of my tattoos are in places that I can make dance or do anything good. You know, I can wiggle my arm around, but that's just the fat moving. It's not the tattoo. <laughs> it's not. No, we'll have to work on that. I have to imagine there were a lot of tattooers working in Portland at the time, too. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't you think? Man, I just can't even. I can't even imagine waking up on a ship and thinking, you know, like now I've got I've got a husband and I've got family that I care about very much thank you so that would suck you know you think like well if you're a logger who's come out there and you don't have any family out there or you came out for the gold rush and you don't have any family you know and you wake up on a ship like how pissed are Mm -hmm. you do you care are you just like whatever it's one job where i'm likely to die for another job where i'm likely to die um you know are you angry do you try to sneak off at the next port um you know, how many people woke up on deck before they'd pulled out to sea and were able to jump off and try to swim back to shore? Yeah, I'd be mad because um, somebody would have stolen my signing bonus, you know? Like, no, give me that $52. Bonus, right? <laughs> I need that. I need that so much. I want to buy some flour and make some hardtack. No, I need that and, for bad choices know. wherever we stop next time. <laughs> it must have been like a fucking pinata. Like, it's just like... You know, women, loose women, and saloon owners, and tattoo artists, and everybody just like opium den yep. owners just racing up to every sailor yep. who steps off the boat, shaking him upside down till the money comes out. <laughs> the money falls 
you just want to have like a handful of pennies and just, you know, like when you're at the park and you want geese to leave you alone, you just huck them really far away from you and hope everything follows that. And then you can move two benches down. Oh, man. You know, I bet when you got Shanghai, you spent like, say it was a three year trip. You spent like two years, 11 months and three weeks thinking about like, I'm just not going on shore. When we land, I'm not going on shore. I'm not going to let that happen yep. again. No, fuck that. Yep. I'm staying here. Yeah. I've got my money. I've got a job. I know what I'm doing here. All right. And then yep. you get in sight at the Rose City and you're just like, but I really want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really want some alcohol. Yeah. I, I really want to go gamble. What am a woman? What am a woman? <laughs> I just want to look at one I don't remember. Maybe I'll get a picture one tattooed on me so I don't forget in the next three years. So I don't forget. I can make her dance for me anytime I want. <laughs> Give it the extra pointy boobies on the tattoos so that I, she'll never age. Man... That's sad. And then you step off and nope. Back on you go. Yeah. Life was hard. <laughs> um, have you done the underground tour in Spokane? Wait, is there an underground tour? I know that Spokane has tunnels, but I don't know if they're on a tour. I don't tour. think there's really a tour at this point. I don't think they're continuous okay. enough to do a tour like they do in Seattle. Yeah, I think you're right. Portland. You're right. So I've done the Seattle yeah. one. I haven't done the Portland one. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I've done any other underground tours, and I don't think I have. Certainly not any that were purportedly used for Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So Seattle's underground tour, it's just because street level used to be down there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is a great approach. <laughs> it was awesome, right? Right? Oh, man. Oh, that is a hell of a thing. Anyway. That is a hell of a thing. You've been listening to Ouija Brats. We're on. Sorry. Are you sorry? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry and I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) Promise. Okay. Well. Where are we at, Liz? uh, At OuijaBrads.com where we put our show notes Mm -hmm. so I can link all the great Mm -hmm. articles I read about this on Mm -hmm. Podbean and iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe, which always makes us happy. And yes, on please. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can interact with us on any of those. We love it. it. Makes us feel like we have all the friends. And we get to post all our silly stuff for you to enjoy. I really like it when people send us stuff to post. Or post things that they found on the Ouija Broads Facebook wall. People, <laughs> I, I feel like I know everything, you know? Like, I mean, I feel that way already. <laughs> I'm kind of egotistical. Um, but it makes me so happy because people are finding things that I've never heard about, yes. you know, didn't know about, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I love and it. Yeah, it's really cool. I like that other people like this the way we like it. I like the jokes and I like the um, the news things. Like, what was the thing I shared about? Crap, where is it? I'm looking for it right now. Yes, the pet squirrel that foiled a home burglary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not long enough to make into an episode, but something we feel like you guys need to know yes, about. you need to know about that. It's important. You do. <laughs> Shit, it's so important. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Did you? I don't know. Oh god, always. <laughs> when am I not interrupting you? That's our life, and that's our choice, and that's how we are. It yep. is. 
It really is. Uh, my friends, will you do me a favor? Will you live weird? Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you, <laughs> darling. Keep, keep coming back to whatever this is. 